Good morning. It's good to see you. Okay, so do you ever have those moments in life where you say something and you're like, I'm so glad I said that? I like years later, you're like, I'm so glad I said that. So, like before Levita and I were married, um, and I won't tell you what prompted this conversation, but before we were married, I came up to her. I said, I just like to give you a warning. And she's like, Okay. Because <laughs> we were engaged. I mean, we were headed towards the altar, and I was like, I'd like to warn you. So, years from now, if something happens, I can say, Hey, I warned you. I'm a little weird. And that was like the end of the conversation. It's like, okay. And so I seriously, this comes up every once in a while, doesn't it? Still, like all these years later, I was just like, hey, I warned you. <laughs> so this morning, you get to participate. I know I didn't give any of you a warning, but you get to participate in my oddities. And one of my oddities is I'm a little bit of a Bible nerd. I'm like, a, like I could sit and geek out on stuff. And so this morning, I'd like to, you, to invite you to geek out with me a little bit on the Bible. And as I tell my wife, you know, I'm your nerd. I may be a nerd, but I'm your nerd. That's I may be a nerd, but I'm your nerd. So this morning, I'm just inviting you to join with me. We're headed into Thanksgiving, so very excited, and the snow. And I'd like to clear something up for everybody. I love snow. I do not like to be cold, though. Because everybody's like, well, you like cold. No, no, no. I like snow. There is a difference. If we could have warm snow, I would be so very happy. But if it's going to be cold, it might as well be snowing. Those lucky buffalo people. Um, so we, we love them. <laughs> but th Thanksgiving is so much fun. So when we were first parents, there was something we did with our kids that we were very, very intentional about. And over the years, we haven't been quite as like intentional, intentional. It's just kind of a pattern we've fallen into. But when we were first parenting, one of the things we would do every night for dinner is we'd sit around the table and we'd ask the kids after they could talk, um, what was your favorite part of the day? And you know how kids sometimes are like, well, this was awful and this was awful. Okay, okay, we'll get to the awful in a second. We want you to start with what was your favorite part of the day? And so usually it turned out to be either recess or lunch, uh, whatever that was. You know, sometimes those weren't the greatest, but usually it was recess or lunch. But it was kind of this intentional thing we did with our kids because we're like, let's Let's focus on the positive stuff. You know, we'll talk through all the negative stuff. Okay, we'll, we'll work with that. But let's start off with, what did, what did you really like about today? And you know, We get that. We get that as people. We get that as a nation. We have this whole holiday of Thanksgiving. And we're not the only nation that does Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, there are other nations besides from Canada that does Thanksgiving. And so you know, we get that. We should be thankful. We teach kids that. Something happens. We tell them, say thank you and all that. And it's such an essential part of who we are and what we do, right? We get that. In fact, it's so essential to who we are. Um, it's even super essential to our, um, to our following Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he wrote in, he was writing the church in Thessalonica. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, he's closing off the letter and he's giving them some words of encouragement, words of advice, things you should do. And this is, he says this in 16, 17, and 18. He says, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, if you know the story of Paul, he went through some awful stuff and dealt with lots of difficulties and people like stabbing in the back, you know, and, and betraying him, and just difficult hardships. And he was a guy who, this was like his mantra, was giving thanks and giving praise in every circumstance. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, so that's nice. Not always 
easy. I mean, unless some of you, you know, some of you have that bubbly, thankful personality, and I like talk to you, and you're like, yeah, it's great, it's great. Even when things are going wrong, you know, some people are like, yeah, it's great. I'm doing great. How many of you have those mornings? Or is that, is that most mornings, and then like after the coffee, great. <laughs> and so uh, we have that in our house. After the coffee, it's great, um, and around noon or 1 o'clock. So, but, uh, you know, giving thanks in all circumstances. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about that this morning is living the thankful life. How do you do that? How do you, and I think that there is a psalm that we're going to unpack this morning, and this is where I get to geek out a little bit. Um, but how, how do we live the thankful life? And as we're going to go to Psalm 95, so in your Bibles you could turn that. But as we, as we do that, we're going to think around the idea that living the thankful life requires intentionality. It requires us to be intentional in what we do. And so uh, what we're going to do here is I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to read Psalm 95, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. As we do this, um, I've had the opportunity recently, so I'm taking some classes, and I've, I've got the opportunity to study the book of Psalms. Now, growing up for me, and maybe for a lot of you, the Psalms, I always knew it as the songbook of Israel, you know, and you'd pull a psalm out, and the most, some of the most famous ones, it's like, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, or Psalm 150, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know, there, there's these psalms we pull out and we're like, hey, these are good ones. We use them for different situations. One of the things I discovered recently, which was kind of cool, and I mean, I always knew this. So if you turn to Psalm 1, you'll see book 1. And I never really paid attention to it. If you turn to Psalm, like Psalm 73, you'll see book 3. And Psalm 107, you'll see book 5. And so there's actually like five books within the psalms. And what's really, really neat about them, and because I, I always thought they're just like shoved in there, I mean, just kind of randomly put in there, and, you know, here's a good one, let's add this, add this. Add. But there actually is some really fascinating structure to it. It's kind of fun. And it, it, it narrates the history of Israel through songs. And so it's really cool because, like, you have book one, which runs from, like, Psalm one, book one and two, run through Psalms one through 72, and they kind of tell the story of the rise of the monarchy and King Solomon and, and just the, the kingdom. There's lots of songs, you know, dealing with king and themes of that. Psalm, book three, which is the one I've been studying for my class, has to do with the dark days of Israel and the divided kingdom and the fall of Israel and their cap, sent, being sent into captivity. Book four, which is the one we're going to be in this morning, it recalls the years of the Babylonian exile. So this is when the people were in exile. And it, it's, it's interesting because you start to read the Psalms with that idea and you, you kind of see it in the themes that that, that flow through the Psalms. And then Psalm, book five celebrates the community of faith's restoration to the land and sovereignty of God over him, them. And that's where we get our hallelujah Psalms and the praise the Lord and, and the stuff of God's sovereignty and rule over the people. So it's really fascinating. So if you want a fun Bible nerding thing out to do is just start reading the Psalms and start looking for patterns and themes as you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's fun. So Fun project to do this week during Thanksgiving. Okay, aside from eating. But um, Psalm 95 is the one we're going to look at this morning. In Psalm 95, I heard it described as a history lesson in the midst of a celebration. And so we're, remember, Psalm 95 is in book four. And this is the, the exile years. And they were in exile in Babylon. And so there's lots of 
praise psalms, kind of, with complaints and, you know, crying out to God, remembering things that had happened. There's laments and, and just and some different pieces to that. And Psalm 95 is one of those. And so as a community, they get together and sing these psalms. And you can imagine, you know, large groups of people or smaller synagogues and just the people getting together wherever they can. And they, they sing and, or say them together. We don't know the tune. That would be fun, but we don't have that. And so what I want to do is I want to read the psalm and then we'll unpack it a little bit. So Psalm 95. It says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Today, if only you would hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray. And they have not known my ways. So I declared on, my, on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Kind of an interesting psalm because it starts off with this, praise the Lord, do this, do this. And then it starts with this little history lesson. It's kind of this abrupt change right in the middle of it. It's like, okay, what's that about? So we'll look at that. It's fun. It's fun. So first thing, as we're living the intentional life, perspective matters. So the first part of the psalm starts off with, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. So here are fun Bible nerdy things. So the word they use there for come is actually commentaries. I've read them and they're like, yeah, that's not, we don't have a really great way to poetically say this word. It's halach. Halach. You know, you do this to your kids in the morning, you wake them up, halach. Um, but it really literally means to walk, (laughs) but it's this whole, it's an imperative and a whole idea like move, get up, go, let's go, move, so come, halach, (laughs) halach, let us sing for joy to the Lord. It's like, hey, I love it because Pastor Dave, the song song we sang this morning was stand and shout, and that's the whole idea behind this. It's like, okay, let's start off this with get up and move. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. This is like not a calm thing they're encouraging people to do here. They're like, hey, let's get a little noisy here. Let's get loud for for God. Let us sing loudly. Let's make a whole lot of noise. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. We're going to make a whole lot of noise for God. And so the first one is like, okay, everybody, Let's do this. Let's halach. Let's, let's move into this. And then why? Why should we do this? And they kind of unpacked it. Well, here, let me, tell, let, me, let me tell you why. For he, for the Lord, is the great God. And that word, that word Lord, is their covenant name for God, Yahweh. Yahweh is the great God. He is the king above all gods. And it gets into a little creation, starts talking about what he's created. So, 
His hand, in his hands are the depths of the earth. And the mountain peaks, they belong to him. So everything down low, everything up high, he's got it. The sea is his for he made it. It was so fascinating. These ancient cultures, they were terrified of the sea. It's, a, it's an unknown place full of monsters. I mean, so it was like, and, and I love it because other, other ancient cultures, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, and all this stuff, they had monsters down in the deep. And if you read Genesis, it talks about God making the monsters in the deep. God created the Leviathan. It's just, you know, as a plaything. You know, it's just like, God made that. The sea, yeah, it's his. He made it. And in his hands, he formed the dry land. So, so why, should we, why should we make a loud noise for God? Well, because he's God. He's, look what he's done. The high mountains, the low valleys, they're in his hands. The sea, he made it. The, the dry land, he formed it. You know, there's this whole idea of perspective. Sometimes we need to stop and like question our perspective. What perspective are we having as we approach life? I heard a, um, like two weeks before the COVID shutdown, I was listening to a podcast and I heard this great statement. And my kids had to listen to me make this statement for the next two weeks as I drove them to school. Then they didn't get it for a little while, but now every day, as they get out of the car, I say, almost, almost every day, I say the same thing to them. What do I tell you, Lavita? I hope the day has a good you. I, no, I hope the day has a great you. <laughs> I, I tell them, I say, I hope the day has a great you because... I mean, I remember, I remember discussing this with them, and they may or may not remember, because you know your kids, you never know what they hear and what they don't. But, you know, I was like, I was like hey, you know, I could tell you, I hope you have a great day, but, you know, lousy things are going to happen to you. But I really hope, no matter what happens to you, that the day has a great you, that the day has the best you that's possible. And it's, our perspective is so important as we approach life. You know, perspective matters if we want to live the thankful life, if we want to live the life that God has called us to. Because so often, and we all know this, so often when things are just going lousy, thing after thing after thing after thing, it's like, ah, everything is going lousy. And it is so easy to say the day is cold and dark and dreary. It rains and the wind is never weary. You know, it's, it's so easy to, to obsess about that and focus about on that. And I love this because this psalm it does not like say, okay, if you're feeling like it, if you've had your morning coffee, if all that stuff, then get up. It just starts with move, come, let us sing for joy. I, you know, it's, it's, it's this whole idea, I'm going to do this. You've got to do this. You know, we can reflect on why. Why? Because God is God and he's amazing but we need to do this. Our perspective, when we start to adjust our perspective and focus on the important things, it helps with the whole giving thanks. I, you know, I love this because uh, Paul, he, uh, he writes in Philippians 1.3, and he's writing the church in Philippi, and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And he's like, it's, the, it's that statement has kind of always stuck with me. It's like, as I'm thinking about you, I'm thanking God. As I'm, you know, I'm, it's the intentionality behind this. Because our perspective matters. In the next section, so we have this first section. It's a call to worship, and it's like, okay, and why? And then this next section is another call to worship and a why. And so the next section says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Now, some of you, 
who've been around church for a while, you're like, it sounds vaguely familiar. So there was like an old song, and, and like it was, like, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. And so some of the older versions have come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. What's really cool, so important thing in Hebrew poetry and writing is re- repetition. You know, repetition. Rep- if it's important, they'll say it several times. You, you know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Several times. It's repeated. Well, here in this poem, it's a really clever poetry thing, is they take three different words that essentially can mean, in this instance, mean bow down, bow down, bow down. So they're like, they, they say, come, let us worship. And it's the whole idea of just, you know, people would bow and worship to a, you know, to a king they bow, to, a, to, you know, God they would bow. It's a respectful bowing. So come, let us worship and bow down, which is just bowing down, and then kneel before the Lord our God, our maker, is like a one-word phrase that we have, um, that is like just in kneeling there, in, uh, in, in this word is like it's blessing him, of giving him recognition and honor. It's really cool because it's like, okay, so this is important. The first part was good. You're, you're getting up. You're moving. We're moving. It's exciting. We're making a lot of noise. Now, I want you to just Bow down, bow down, bow down before the Lord our God, our maker. And once again, it's this whole picture of, you know, just look, okay, here, here is who God is. And our thought behind it with this section is, you know, our position matters. Not only does our perspective matter, but our position in life, what we are doing, how we are positioning ourselves, it matters. You know, this, 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 you know he's, he's like, okay, so there's more creation, there's more God, he's our maker, and this whole king, um, sheep, sheep and shepherd um, was very, the idea of a king and his people, and so this whole idea of, okay, here's God, here is who he is. You know, imagine a person entering the temple of the Lord, and it's like, oh my goodness, where am I going? Of a recognition, you know, I've got some perspective here, and now that I have perspective, I'm like, oh my, I am I'm coming before God. And you know, as we, as we as we kind of remember who we are before Him, and what He's done, and what He has blessed us with, that whole idea of our, our position in comparison to who He is, it matters. It helps us, you know, it, it, it helps me in keeping my perspective in life. One of my favorite things to do in the evenings is the dog and I go for a walk because, well, we don't want the dog to make a mess in the house. So we go for a walk. And I've, I have actually really enjoyed it. I go out and I just kind of look at the stars and, you know, just kind of walk around. And, and, you know, and I love, I love just looking up and looking around me and the quiet of Everything. That's I like that. Like you know, just the, the quiet and recognizing. Okay, who God is in this? That He knows me, He loves me, and has blessed me so much. And I tell you, the days that have been awful is usually the days I take the longer walk with the dog because I'm just like, okay, just breathe, relax, and recognize what's going on in life. It's so important that our position, recognizing 
who he is and who we are. Our perspective matters. Our position matters. And yet it's, 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 so, it's so great because when we approach Jesus like this, we approach him as like, okay, here I am. My position before you, I'm not closed-fisted. I'm not like, okay, whatever. But I'm position is open, willing to receive from what you have for from you what you have for me. The things God can do in us and through us is incredible when we position ourselves ready to receive from Him. So perspective matters, position matters. The third part, the the history lesson. So I talked to Levita and I the night the night we met. Uh, Depending on which of our kids you ask, you'll get a different story because I like to vary the story up every once in a while and keep it exciting so they never know actually what went on. But um, part, of the, part of the evening we got ice cream and we're in the car with some, some people and we went for this hike. But as we're in the car, this is the night I met LaVita, found out she was a real person, and we're eating our ice cream and all of a sudden I hear this song on the radio. I was like, oh, turn this song up, I love this song. And she had never heard this song. And the song was a song from the uh, early 90s called Ponderous. And uh, this starts off as ponderous, man, really ponderous. And this guy, like, talking about this dream. He had this dream one night. And it's, it's, you look it up on YouTube. That's funny. Um, but I was, I, was, I was, like, I was so excited. I was like, you got to hear this song. This is so funny. And so as we listened to this song and the, this guy reflecting upon the weird dream he had and made a song about it. Um, and it was popular for, like, 92, 93. It was popular for about a year. Uh, and so it's, but in our lives, you know, pondering matters, reflecting upon what he has done, who he is, pondering, it matters. And that's what is great, this, this psalm, as I said, you know, it's this great, praise God, get up and move and praise God because of who he is. And then it's, you know, bow down and worship God because of who he is. And then all of a sudden it's this weird history lesson. But it's kind of fun because it talks about God's interaction with the people. And so he says, today, if you would hear his voice. And so it's really more Bible nerd stuff. Um, the, word, the word hear, shema, is so cool because as parents, we, we can get this because you ask our kids, are you listening to me? Yeah, I heard you. And so it's really cool because in, in Hebrew, if they say, I heard you, that, that means I'm listening and doing. Shema. I'm, are you shemaing me? Yes. Because it's not just hearing. It's hearing with the listening, hearing, action all together. I love that word. I'm like, shema. Um, you know, don't just hear me. Do it. And so it's, you know, today. So today, if only you would hear his voice. And then he begins to reflect upon this, thing, this event that happened. He says, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day and Massah in the wilderness. So, rewind. Book of Exodus, chapter 17. The people of Israel had come out of Egypt. God, Moses had led them, and God was bringing them. They were going to Mount Sinai. And on their way there, they did some grumbling and complaining and had some food and water issues. And this is, this is, this is the story of the water issue. And so in chapter 17, it says this. It says, in the first month... Oh, that's wrong. That's... Uh, Wrong one. <laughs> Chapter 17, verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped in Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, 
Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt and make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord and said, What am I going to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Can you just hear the what in the world? So the Lord said to Moses, Go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and they called the place Massah and Meribah. And Massah means testing and Meribah means quarreling. Because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? So this is interesting reflection on this story because, you know, the psalmist is like, do you not harden your hearts as you did at Massa, as you did or in Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me? He's like, okay, so remember what happened back then. I had shown myself to you, and he had God had done incredible works and shown himself. And the whole thing is a reflection. In fact, as you, as you read it, it says, you know, this was a test for the people to see if they'd listen to God. And as you read the narratives, you see this, you know, so often you read, you read through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and, and this, this story, and there's this time and again where they don't, they do the same things again and again. And you're like, did you not remember? I mean, how many of you have ever read those stories? And you're like, come on, guys, get it this time. Did you not remember? And yet, how many of us do the exact same thing? Because we don't remember what we what God has done, we don't, we, we forget. We get busy and we don't take the time to ponder upon what he's done. And so the, the psalmist is here like, so here is what we need to do. Ponder upon what he's done. Remember what he did. Don't, don't make that same mistake again. Instead, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. These, these people, and, you know, as, as they reflect upon this, because remember, this psalm is reflect, these, this section of psalms reflecting their lives in captivity. And you know, they're like, okay, we know what God has done. And there's a lot of psalms in this section that reflect upon what happened. Like, we know what God has done. And just remembering what he's done, because we know in the midst of the junk of life, one of the best ways to live the thankful life is like, okay, it's not always going to be like this. Because there have been good times before, there will be again. And it's, sometimes it's, I know, it's hard. It can be really hard to see that in the midst of the junk when everything feels like it's falling apart. But God is faithful, and he is with us. And we can trust him, and we can look to him. And as we as we put things into the proper perspective, as we ponder upon who he is and what he's done, as we position ourselves to receive from him all the incredible things that he can do through us. As a church, we've seen this. You know, when we are, when we are open and willing to be used by God, God opens doors. Like this whole Spanish service thing is just incredible. 
you know, the, the, the Thanksgiving box is being willing to be used. And, you know, all of a sudden you get a call from the schools, you know, and this stuff works out so that we're able to bless the community. The, the being in a position to be used, remembering who God is. So in the midst of the junk, you can remember, okay, God is with me. He can, he's gotten me this far. He can get me the rest of the way. Living the thankful life, it requires intentionality. And I, I know I can preach into the choir here. We all know this. But I think it's so important for us to rem remember and reflect upon this. Otherwise, there wouldn't be psalm after psalm after psalm reminding people to reflect upon who God is if it, didn't, it wasn't a problem we had as people as we travel through life forgetting what God has done. And so just what we're going to do here in a moment is I'm going to have Levita come up. She's, the, the worship team's going to come up, and um, we're going to sing a song. Levita's going to read our psalm for us again. And then we're going, to, we're going to sing the song, What He's Done, because I love this song. It's just a fun song, What He's Done. I thank God for what He has done. But before we do that, I just want to take a moment as Levita comes up. you got your microphone. Um, I just want to pray for you. And, and just, you know, this, this, this morning... As we head off into this Thanksgiving week and Christmas and stuff, and I know for some people this is, they are not looking forward to this season. There are many people who do not like the season at all, and maybe this year you're like, yeah, I really don't want to deal with it this year. And just remembering that with those around us, because we have the opportunity to pour out his blessing on each and every person around us, each and every person that comes into our bubble. And, and help them to see the hope that we have in Jesus and the life that he has poured into us. And so just be that. Re reflect, remember on what he's done. And then as you're traveling through these holidays, it's just reminding people, hey, God loves you. You're amazing. Recognizing where people are and listening to them, being his ears, his hands, his feet to the world around us. But let's, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And just pray that you would help us to remember the life that you have given us, the hope that we have in you, that we would position ourselves to receive from you, that we would, we would get the, keep the proper perspective and, and ponder upon the things that, that you've done, Lord. Help us to, to look to you, to come to you joyfully and noisily, Thank you so much for who you are. And just pray for those that this time of year is just, they're, they're not looking forward to it. It's a difficult time. I just pray that you'd remind them that you are there through the difficulties. That you are our strength, our shield, our very great reward. And just pray that you would give them the peace and the comfort they need. Help us to pour your love out to all of those around us. Thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. In your name we pray, amen. So as Levita reads, I'd like to invite you to stand. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. 
and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they have seen what I did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. <laughs> 